Breakfast from Scotston. This is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast with Jack and Ashy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Warriors Weekly, the official Glasgow Warriors Club podcast. With a break in domestic action for the Autumn Internationals, we've got two parts special for you over the next couple of weeks. To get a bit of international flavour, I sat down with forwards coach Jonathan Humphreys to talk about his time with the national side and a certain Stuart Hogg, who yesterday was called up to the Autumn International squad. That interview that ha- took place before the Ospreys game will come in two parts this week and next. But before that, my co-host Adam Ash was another player called up to the Scotland squad this week and he's on the line right now. Ashley, we're recording this remotely again. You're you're down the line. You've had a busy a busy few days again. Straight back in Scotland camp. Announced, not just training part of the squad. You must be chuffed with that. Yeah, pleased to be uh, part of the squad. I guess uh, was in here for a couple of weeks, but obviously, but um, with Glasgow having games and stuff, was released back uh, sort of on the Tuesday evening. Um, so good to be in here. Um, don't know how long I'm going to be here for, but I'm kind of. My bag's full, and I'm uh, just taking it a day at a time. Been... You're, so you're in camp right now. Um, how was your day? Who, who are you rooming with? Uh, it's been a good day, yeah. Just um, rooming with Byron McGuigan. So he's a, an old friend of mine. Uh, we played sevens back in the day, about five, six years ago now, uh, when he first moved over to Scotland. Uh, so it's good to kind of catch up with him, actually. He's been one of the guys that I've not seen in uh, quite a few years, so... Uh, he's a good laugh he's uh, playing Fortnite in the room um, every time I walk in the room his eyes are glued to the TV he's got his headset on uh, just sitting in my bed quietly um, and he kind of plays away <laughs> um, so uh, it's been good it's been good Jack. been a good day and a couple of hard days uh, obviously in preparations for the Fiji game coming up so let's let's look back on the weekend and a, a really impressive victory down at the Liberty Stadium against Ospreys what was it what kind of game was it to be involved in um, it was a good game actually really enjoyable again this week um, again we kind of uh, I guess maybe started off a little bit slower and they got a try up quite early on in the game um, but you know, one thing I was really impressed with from us was our defence the, the whole game um, I thought we you know, apart from that first try that we obviously let in uh, I think for the, the next 70 minutes we defended really well um, which was really good to see we had a few big sets of you know, defending them for up to 15 and 20 phases at times so that was great to see um, and also I think some some great tries out there as well um, Nico obviously got on the the end of a few and uh, Nick Greg as well so no it was it was a really good game um, some fantastic tries and it was, quite, it was a lot of fun out there uh, a lot of tackles were made the body was quite sore on Saturday but um, I think uh, overall everybody really enjoyed the game you ever you ever been involved in a hat trick off the bench before? You ever seen that before? I think I've ever seen that. It's impressive. When did he come on? He must have came on after about like two minutes. Two, Jacko got injured in the second minute, and I must ad, I must admit, watching it with with a relatively inexperienced team up there, I was a bit worried when Jacko came off, just because of his experience and he was going to be a a calming yeah. influence out there. And um, Nico's exciting, but he's far from calm when he comes Aye. on. So, but then he just he just tore up, didn't he? Uh, you're right, he's the opposite from Cam um, <laughs> I think everybody else is thinking the same when Jack went off but obviously that's the thing with Nico he's just a phenomenal player, he's got a lot of flair and uh, he is the kind of guy that can probably score you three or four tries in a game 
Um, so it was awesome to see him get an end of three tries. And, um, I think, you know, some great play from Nick Rigg as well, who I think set up a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, it was, it was really awesome to see. And, yeah, if we're lucky and fortunate to be able to bring a guy like Nico off the bench. Well, it was the backs that got the plaudits, but what was, from a forwards point of view, what was the arm wrestle like up front? Uh, always a good battle in the forwards against the Ospreys. So the scrum was um, was an interesting battle throughout the night. Um, a bit tit for tat, and uh, you know, we got penalised a few times for, for uh, dropping down. But yeah, in terms of defence, I thought the forwards had a fantastic game. And at times we really had to knuckle up and, and go through them, uh, and the sort of pick and go area and playing off nine. So I thought we'd done that really well. And uh, yeah, it was one of those games where sort of 60, 70 minutes in, the forwards were real pumped up and just enjoying it. We were we were getting off the line well. We're a few big sets of defence, and that always gets the boys g'd up. So um, yeah, from a forwards point of view, we were pretty happy. Um, but got to say the backs uh, finished most of the tries off so, so fair play to him You'll obviously be delighted to be in camp have you heard what any of the boys who have actually got a few days off are doing uh, what's the WhatsApp group saying anyone anyone heading away um, so there are a few trips I think uh, one of which is a nice trip to Amsterdam oh, um, I was actually going to join that trip but obviously my plans changed uh, with being involved in the Scotland stuff um, so I think there's five or six guys away over there for a few days which would be brilliant um, you know, lots to do over there I was actually over there in July you, Ali and Johnny were over there in the summit was Arge uh, there as well that's right we had a great time um, I was kind of expecting it to be a bit, you know, kind of dingy place, but it actually turned out to be the opposite. It was really, really nice canals, beautiful streets, lots of nice things to do, museums and all the rest of it. So uh, you've obviously got that side to it and some fantastic nightlife as well, so I'm sure the boys will enjoy. So who's away there? Uh, uh, who is away? So um, Jamie Batty, Rory Hughes, Ollie Kebble, Darcy Ray... Tom Gordon and Sam Johnson and poor Nick Grigg he was uh, booked up and ready to go and he's obviously been called in at the Scotland camp so um, I'm sure he hasn't got too many complaints like yourself I'm sure he's uh, over the moon to be in here but might be a bit um, annoyed that he's maybe lost a few hundred quid but I guess not the end of the world when you've got the opportunity to represent your country and what's the what's the chat in camp about this Fiji game when you when you've Got Fijians like Nico showing what you can do on the weekend. Bill Matter playing so well for Edinburgh. What kind of game uh, are we expecting from Fiji at BT Murrayfield? Well, first of all, surely Nico's about to get a call up. He's not after like that off the bench. Um, so, uh, no, well, the, the chat is really that you know we don't actually have too much footage on Fiji. Um, the game that they tend to play is you know a bit of everything you know they're, they're a team that play what's in front of them um, they're certainly you know probably in terms of athletic ability they're probably the best team in the world um, a lot of players a lot of flair a lot of offloading a lot of power um, so you know you can really expect a bit of everything against them so um, you know there's going to be a few focus areas for us this week and I think if we get that right uh, one of them will be defensive if we can get that right then you know that's going to be a massive uh, thing going up against Fiji so uh, looks like they're going to have a strong team um, Big Leone ex-Warriors player he, uh, he'll probably be shutting up so 
Uh, I'm sure a lot of the Glasgow boys that are involved will be looking forward to getting out there playing against him. Do you think it could be one up front, Fiji famous for chucking it around and having electric bats, but maybe it's at the set piece that Scotland can get, get one up on them? Yeah, exactly. I think you know that could potentially be an area that we could uh, get some rewards in. Um, I guess the focus over in this part of the world when it comes to rugby is certainly more set-piece focus and scrum, line-out, drive, that type of thing. Uh, the Fijians, as you say, are more sort of sevens-orientated. Uh, but don't get me wrong, they've, they've got some fantastic athletes and I'm sure they'll have a, a pretty decent scrum. And with the likes of Leone and the line-out, um, you know, there'll be no mugs in that area either. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting battle. Uh, but, you know, hopefully we can get some rewards out of the, the set piece, that's for sure. And people obviously be in camp, obviously be disappointed with the result against Wales in the Doddy Weir Cup, but are there positives that we're taking from that game? Yeah, I think there was lots to take um, from the game on the weekend there. Um, you know, I think some parts of the game we actually strung together some some good phases of play um, but really when it came to crunch time I think the accuracy probably wasn't there um, so you know things to tighten up in that area moving forward into the weekend um, and I think you know it just goes to show as well that um, you know when you sort of break the opposition defence and get into their half or into their 22 I guess you really need to take your opportunities Um I think uh, from the weekend the convert the sort of finished zone conversion rate was at fourteen percent, which is extremely low. I think um, in order to win games, you sort of need to be up to about fifty, sixty percent. So uh, that's another area I think for improvement, and there'll be plenty of work going into that um, this week. So um, yeah, lots lots to work on, but there were a lot of positives that came out of the game as well. Um, obviously, a new forwards coach came in, one hundred percent line out mm-hmm. uh, win for the, the forwards. Um, and you know, so as I said, some some good phases strung together. So no, it was uh, it was really good. Finn Russell's just walking past me, uh, giving me dogs abuse. So uh, it's the Warriors Weekly. Do you want to come and say hello? What? No, come on, Warriors Weekly podcast. Just come and say hello. It's just me and Jack. was talking. Finn, mate, how are you? What's happening, Jack? You well? How's Paris treating you, mate? It's good, mate. I'm loving it. It's really good. Oh, mate. but really good. I'm glad to hear it. How's how long have you been back for? I just got back this morning. We played yesterday. Um, so just back this morning. Um, so I've been back to see, see her for, uh, for the Scotland stuff. So good to see all the boys again. Yeah, yeah. Getting all the stories from Ashley from the Big Sexy. <laughs> from Big Sexy himself. How was, how was the Montpellier game, mate? <laughs> it was good. Uh, a bit up and down. Like for both teams. I wouldn't see their team was at their best. But um, for us, it was good to get another, like, another win. And uh, I went away from home. So that's kind of important. And the I boys saw, over there on holiday now for a bit for a week, so I um, saw um, saw some footage of your outrageous offload out the back. Uh, still, no still trying those. <laughs> right, mate. All the best. Uh, Look forward to seeing you on the weekend. Uh, thanks, Jack. See you in a bit. Catch you. There we go. Oh, look at that! What a treat! Set up the try. Phenomenal. That was ridiculous, wasn't it? <laughs> right, Ashley, mate. I'm going to let you get to your bed because you've got a big day of training ahead of you. Okay, Jack, it's been good to speak to you. You'll see when we get back in. This is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast. 
Before we bring you part one of the Jonathan Humphreys and Stuart Hogg interview, uh, the Scotston Stadium Pitch won the award for Best Managed Artificial Surface of the Year at the IOG Awards last week. And earlier, I caught up with head groundsman at Scotston, Paddy Ferry, who explained to me just how important his role at the club is for the performance side of things. The official Glasgow Warriors podcast. So, Paddy, uh, tell us a bit about your award. What is it that the pitch has actually won? So, we have won an award for the best managed artificial surface um, in the United Kingdom. Um, we were up against Beaversbrook and Swindon, and we managed to come out on top, which was great. So, forgive me for being for being like this, but for people who might not know, we've got an artificial pitch. What... As a groundsman, yes. what what do you need to do? Because it doesn't need cut or anything like that. What what is your job day to day with that pitch? So day to day, my job is to prevent a, uh, to present a a safe pitch and a quality surface for Glasgow Warriors really to accommodate their training needs um, for home domestic matches and their European fixtures. So my day to day would be maintaining the pitch through brushing it. Uh, we also have a decompaction rake as well, which, after a period of time, these pitches can can come uh, become compacted with the rubber crumb. And so my job then would just be to run the the rake over the surface to allow the the crumb to then sit at the top of the the pile, if you like, and that then that then gives a bit more play for the players' um, stability. So for those who might not know, does the rubber crumb on an artificial pitch act as kind of the the soil? It's uh, not so much uh, the soil, but it certainly helps helps with the stability for boys um, trying to keep their trying to keep their balance. If you like going the pitch, um, it, it stops them slipping as much. And um, how how like variable is is this pitch? How much? Say you say you have boys coming to you saying, "Oh, it's a bit hard today. It's a bit soft today." How easy is it for you to, to change that for the performance side of things? Well, we we try to record as much data as possible um, on our surface. We do that using a clay camera, and that gives us an indication of first of all, it's for surface surface firmness. But we find that it gives us a good indication of compaction in certain areas. Um, so we monitor that three times per week, and we keep an eye on certain areas where we may find that the the firmness is is higher. And then again, that would be down to me to implement the rate usually to to fluff up those areas where the, the crumb might have became compacted. And how would that happen? Would that just be through training? That, like... that can be through overtraining. Um, maybe coach's preference to use a certain area of the pitch continually. Um, like high high warm areas. We also have athletics using our venue five nights a week as well. So um, they can also be working in the areas that our lads might have been training on throughout the week, which then leads to that area becoming compacted and pretty firm underfoot. And how, how regular is it that you will have um, communication with the rugby department, with the coaches and the players, as to their preference of what they want from the pitch? So that will be a daily a daily chat that I'll have with um, management and even some senior players to an extent. 
uh, we take their views on board as well and try and implement that to to making the surface as good a, a surface as we can for them. So we weren't the only Scottish rugby pitch to win or an award at this ceremony. Uh, the BT Murrayfield pitch won something as well. What is the what? Firstly, what award did they win there, and what are the main differences between those two pitches? So the BT Murrayfield team they won best professional rugby grounds team of the year. Um, they had a couple of other teams in their category. They were up against Bristol Bears at Ashton Gate, uh, Yorkshire Carnegie and Leicester Tigers. So a very strong category there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great to see our team coming out on top. Um, very well deserved award. In terms of the difference of those pitches, um, the stadium pitch at Murrayfield is a Desso Grassmaster, which is a reinforced uh, natural grass pitch with synthetic fibres which are injected through the sand. So is that what that some people alone. some people might know as a hybrid pitch? Yes, that's a hybrid pitch, and they're becoming a lot more common these days. Um, most most high-end Premier League football teams will have them now, and there's a few of them within rugby as well. Uh, so as I say, they are reinforced through the synthetic fibres, um, which are injected through the sand in the construction profile, and that then allows uh, the natural grass to intertwine with those fibres, giving it the reinforced um, the reinforced pitch. So. so you mentioned earlier how much you have to do with um, the coaches and the players, but what about the other departments, kind of medical, S&C? How, how much we have to do with those guys day to day? Yeah, well, as I touched on before, we like to try and have our pitch help our boys performance-wise as much as possible. So with the information that we're collecting through the Clegg Hammer and other things as well, uh, we then feed that back to our lads in the S&C department and the physios, um, first of all for the S&C to try and see for load management if you like, and that would be if we feel the pitch is, um, is too firm in certain areas, we'd take that to the S&C lads and they, they could make a decision where to say, right, well, we are maybe not train as much in these areas, um, almost to deload if you like, yeah. to avoid any, any injuries that come. And they would then also tie in with the uh, with the physio department to help with uh, injury prevention as well. By not maybe maybe certain players uh, could feel it flaring up if it was slightly firmer due to conditions weather-wise, yeah. if you like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and they would avoid um, any training in those areas. So we try to work with as many departments as we can, as I say, to to keep it as safe um, and help with our performance. Jack and Ashy with the weekly Glasgow Warriors podcast. As I mentioned earlier, I sat down with Stuart Hogg and Jonathan Humphreys before the Ospreys victory to talk about international rugby and everything Glasgow Warriors. So here is the first part of that interview with the next part coming in next week's episode of Warriors Weekly. Thanks again for listening. The latest from Scotston, the weekly Glasgow Warriors podcast. Here with Jonathan Humphreys, uh, King of Wales. But, but, alright, son. Marvelous. How are we, you, lad? I'm not too bad. I, uh, we've asked four people in Wales today if, if they know uh, Jonathan Humphreys, and none of them have any idea who he is. But I say, son, they're a little intimidated. <laughs> You claim to be a bit of a big deal around here, but no one so far has known who you are. You mean quite the big noise? Quite the big noise. Mm-hmm. Is that one of your several nicknames? What? No. Well, well Fairy Liquid. Like fairy li- why do they call you Fairy Liquid? Soft hands. 
<laughs> Anything else? The answer. Answered all questions. Boom, boom. Keep going. Anything else? Blade. The blade. Cut people in half. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make all those up yourself? Come on. That would just be sad. How many times do you play for Wales? 38. What's your win percentage? Uh, I don't know. Maybe in the low teens. <laughs> Actually? Yeah. Cheesy peeps. We're recording this. We're in Swansea recording this. You're not the most popular character in this part of the world, are you not? Mm, I'd say so. My popularity would be honed into a very small pocket of wheels. Which is? Uh, Cardiff Rugby Club. <laughs> <laughs> where, where they can't spell his name right. <laughs> well, your name's spelled wrong on the honours board. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a kick in the guts. But you did, uh, you did invent the overhead throw top of Yeah. It was, um, in all seriousness, a uh, coach called Alec Evans came to Cardiff in 1993. And he said to me, uh, you're not throwing the ball in one hand, you're throwing it in two hands. Because there's some guy in Japan, we just come from, who's doing it. So I started doing it in pre-season. We had three locks in the Welsh squad at that point. None of them were in the Welsh squad by Christmas because we hadn't won a lineout. out <laughs> 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 well, I used to take, seriously, I used to take two steps into the ball and then throw it. And so I remember there was uh, uh, the, the Welsh, one of the Welsh selectors come on to me and he said, you will never play for Wales as long as you throw the ball in two hands. And I said to him, I've got no option. I've got to do this. So you're saying that you invented overhead throw? Apart from some guy in Japan. So you didn't invent it? Pardon? So you well, didn't. in the Northern Hemisphere. Right, so it's a bit different to what you're telling everybody. <laughs> where, did you, where did your rugby journey start? Who, was the, who introduced you to the game? Who introduced me? I said, when, if, if you're in Wales, that's all there was in school, was rugby. The, the big thing was, you come out of junior school, you go to primary school, the big thing was to be in the A team, and you'd have A, Bs, and Cs all in every year. So that. And you were there. Yeah, just play rugby, and then we went to a comprehensive school, and there was six rugby pitches, and then some. Um, we had a new PE teacher mm-hmm. who came up with some new fandangled idea about having a football team. So I remember them taking down one set of rugby posts and putting up football posts. <laughs> he had a trial, so every turned up. Um, there was one game of football and then rugby posts were back up. <laughs> so I played one game of football in my life. So that was all it was. Were you always a, always a front rower? No, centre. Actually, I was, yes. Did you ever play there professionally? Mm, Did you ever no. step in? I could have, but I just chose not to. I, I chose to play. <laughs> I could have. <laughs> that was always in the 10 channel. <laughs> yeah. Where have you played? You started at 10. Started at 13 before? Um, yeah, I played a couple of games at 10 and a couple of games at 13, but I came out of Glasgow actually as a 13. And then Sean Lanine came up with this great idea that I had to serve my apprenticeship at fullback. And then I got capped at fullback and she said his, his plan was to always play me at 15. So. That was the plan all along? Yeah, so he says, but I think they just realised that I couldn't tackle. Um, so they chucked me as far back as I possibly could and 
That's Tom do alright, so. I think you'd, you'd be the first to admit that I've had a fair bit to do with your kicking game. Humps, that is 100% incorrect. What? I'm joking. Um, little little dicky that we got, was it? At school? Yeah. The amount of times that there was pre-World Cup camp, wasn't it? Uh-huh. You know, I was kicking, you know, classic, trying to kick from 55 plus, um, and they're going skew with, they're going here, there, and everywhere as they, you know, normally do. And Humps, after he'd obviously finished with the forwards, comes across and he's uh, he's telling me to stroke it and not strike it. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, my kicking game's gone uh, all right. And mm-hmm. once I got that drop goal against Connor at the start of the year, the first mm-hmm. of my career. Just to let everybody know, um, the match winning drop that was that. Yeah, that one. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, Humps uh, is taking full credit for it. And mm-hmm. the first thing he said to me after the game was, uh, "The reason that went over, boy, is uh, you uh, you stroke it and you didn't strike it." Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. we were flying there. Did you ever kick in a game yourself? Uh, yes, I did do that once. Uh, we were playing Leicester in Leicester, and we were going around the corner. The ball arrived in my hands. And I decided to chip it over the oncoming defensive line. And as soon as the ball hit the floor, my number was up. Off you come. Off you come, son. I remember it vividly. Do you have, are there any other games from your playing career that stand out as ones you look back on fondly? Uh, yeah. It was uh, 1993. We played that. In Wales, it was a massive cup competition called, it was then called the Scratch Cup and um, I just broke into a Cardiff team and then it was, we got to the final, we were playing Clenetley at the Old Arms Park, you know, where we grew up in Wales, there was all those pictures of, of it and um, I remember sort of playing there and 55,000 people there, I was only a kid and we managed to win the game and uh, to this day I reckon it's one of the best rugby members ever. Because I was like the mates I was playing with, and the, the, it was the end of the season, so we celebrated for for weeks afterwards. It was brilliant. Half pint after the game. I could drink a little bit more in those days, young Reed. Well, what, what was it like back in the day, Humps, in terms of you know the boys when they play nowadays? There's a hell of a lot of pressure put on them by the Welsh public and the Welsh media and stuff. What was it like back in your day? Because um, it's it, rugby's uh, it's rugby daft down here. Yeah, uh, I think the difference was then that um, there was, I think it was the same amount of expectation and pressure but there was no access to you like it was only in papers so unless you actually picked up the paper and read it then you could almost put yourself away from it um, people couldn't tweet you directly letting you no, know what they thought yeah, nobody you know no, like every, every, every seems to be daft about comments you know comments on this comments on that that people can but do you do, do you do you read what people say? Like when you get you'll get hundreds of tweets, but do, how much of that do you read? How much do you ignore? Um, I like to read it, if I'm honest. Uh, you know, I like to to feel appreciated in terms of you know if you've done something quite well. But I quite like when you do get that little bit of abuse and and stuff because it kind of fuels the fire a little bit more, doesn't it? Um, and you get to another opportunity to to make amends for it and and make them eat their own words so but look everybody, everybody's entitled to their opinion and you know, everybody's going to have an opinion at some point but you know it's just learning to, to deal with it and you know some people you know the, my problem back in you know a few years ago is I would let that get me down a little bit but now I just I kind of laugh at it and as I say try and make amends for it and um but you know it's I, I quite enjoy reading some of the comments because 
you know, everybody thinks they know rugby, but when you actually read them, they have not gotten a scooby-doo <laughs> of what's happening. There's, um, you talk about, like, the people generally, like when I was playing, like they wouldn't come up to you in the street or say something to your face, it always had to be um, X, Y, and Z, but um, they used to, like, uh, it was, it was your, your family around you which seemed to bear the most of it. But I remember uh, my dad used to work just down the, down the road in, by the, the steelworks there, and um, some somebody in his works put the back pages of a paper on his desk, like anonymously, so he mm-hmm. left it there. And um, the headlines were, dump the hump. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got it framed. <laughs> dump the hump, eh? What's that about? Oh, um, and that was Classic journals, isn't it? Oh. They're all the same. <laughs> That's quite a clever headline, isn't it? I quite like it. Yeah, okay. A lot of thought put in there. <laughs> How did you... The Glasgow Warriors, official podcast. With Jack and Ashy. Ooh.